Hi, filmmakers. Jason Brubaker with FilmmakingStuff.com, where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from another action-packed day here in Los Angeles. My weeks are getting more and more busy. I don't know about you, but I woke up the other day and realized I've been in this town for eight years almost. April, uh, I believe April 5th will be eight years in Los Angeles. And I got to tell you, it feels like I moved out here yesterday. And I'm wondering, like, what the heck happened all of that time? So if I can offer some advice before we get into today's topic about online uh, movie piracy, I just want to tell you that, you know, there's more to life than making movies. Uh, Some of you listening to this have a family. Um, you know, you've been working probably two or three other jobs to support your family, and yet you've kept this filmmaking dream alive through all of it. And then there's uh, those of you that are that, that haven't quite made a family yet. You know, uh, you find yourself in your mid to late thirties, and you're wondering, and you're starting to do the math, and you realize, like, oh my gosh, if I have a kid tomorrow, I'm going to be like sixty by the time the kid's you know twenty. Um, and that's a, that's a very sobering thought. Now, I talked a lot about it in, in uh, one of my previous podcasts about the realities of living in Hollywood. And obviously, I'm sharing some of these thoughts with you because, you know, I'm going through a little bit of this stuff myself. Um, you know, from a career perspective, I'm very happy that, you know, uh, video on demand distribution is, is changing, I think, for the better. I think distribution... Um, is is you know it's it's probably the least sexy yet most essential part of this business and i think there's a lot of people out there that are doing good things and really cleaning up their act and cleaning up the industry um but you know distribution as a whole i got to tell you is still incredibly clunky um we have a lot we have a lot to do in that sector of the business to really improve things and create efficiencies um and, and it's exciting because I think from a career perspective, it offers a lot of opportunity. And if you're excited about that stuff, awesome. If you're excited about your filmmaking life, awesome. Um, but at the same time, remember that there is more to life than making movies. There's balance. There's families. There's kids. You know, there's people that love you, um, that want to spend time with you. And hopefully, if you haven't already, you're figuring out how to incorporate, you know, a little bit more balance in your life. Uh, hit the gym. Um, go to the gym at least three times a week if you can. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, if, you, if you're anything like me, you know, my typical day is I wake up, I look at my daily planner, and everything's filled up. And in the daily planner, usually around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I have the word gym. And by the time 4 o'clock in the afternoon rolls around, I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to take this call. I can't go to the gym. And it's so easy to make an excuse and not go. Um, and... I think you just have to force yourself past that. Um, And I don't want to get all goofy, but, you know, if you ever take a look at the universe, uh, it's pretty vast. We're pretty small and in some ways very insignificant. So, you know, you should, um, I, I would think to have a balanced life, you should incorporate some version of spirituality, whatever, you know, does it for you. Um, and, and I'll leave it at that. I I know we have uh, folks on this uh, podcast from all different faiths. And uh, anyway, welcome. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to your balanced filmmaking life. So let, let's get in the heart of what I want to talk about today, which is how to stop or prevent online movie piracy for your movie. In short, there's no way to prevent it. 
okay? There is absolutely no way to prevent piracy of your movie. So I guess I could stop the podcast now, but you know I'm not going to. If you think about it, there's a lot of nerdy people out there. There's a lot of I, I was just uh, I was just up in San Francisco for the weekend. I went to Chinatown, and um, I don't know how this is possible, but I saw every product, um, every popular product, both uh, physical and movies under the sun. Uh, the, if it could be bootlegged, it was. Um, I saw a really nice pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses for $10, and I'm pretty sure they weren't Ray-Ban sunglasses, um, <laughs> but it's pretty amazing out there that anything can pretty much be bootlegged, and if you're entrepreneurial enough and nerdy enough and, and you want to see a movie and you don't feel like paying the fee, uh, you'll figure out how to do it, so, you know, I'm going to tell you something and give you a perspective that I would think that a lot of people in the movie studios would disagree with. Um, but we're not part of that movie studio institution, at least not yet. To think about it, in order to get a movie seen and selling, movie studios have to pay a lot of money. You know, it, there's, there's no mystery as to why they would pick somebody like Tom Cruise or Julie Roberts or another one of the, you know, big actors to star in a movie. It's because these people are recognizable. And one of the first things people ask you is, who's in your movie? And if you can't name a star, then the second thing they ask you is, what's your movie about? But before we get there, movie studios will obviously pepper their movie with star talent in the hopes that that will increase their box office returns. Secondly, movie studios will spend almost as much as their entire budget, if not more, to market and sell a movie. So knowing that, why is it that independent filmmakers with no-name actors get their movie into the festival circuit, they're ready for distribution, and they suddenly think that their movie is going to garner them a gazillion dollars, right? Add to the fact that most of the traditional deals that, that you know, excited us as filmmakers, at least me, 10 years ago when I watched all the stuff that Quentin Tarantino was doing and Robert Rodriguez and Ed Burns and Kevin Smith, you know, you look at those guys, they really ushered in an era that made you believe that if you made a movie, you know, the money would come. You knew the odds were against you, but you ignored that idea because, let's face it, you're much... You're, you're a lot smarter and a lot more creative than most of those movies out there and, and, or most of those filmmakers out there. And you can create a movie that's far better. I mean, I'm sure you've had those thoughts. I know I have. But once you make your movie and you go through the festival circuit and you're ready for distribution, you're going to realize two things. One is the industry's changed. And secondly, the vast majority of movies with, where they don't have a marketing budget or star talent really have a hard time making money. It's a real recovery factor. So what is it that I'm going to tell you that, you know, movie studios won't? In some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, piracy for your movie may be a good thing. I was actually given a talk not too long ago, and somebody brought up in the talk as an example, they'd heard about this idea of taking 80% of your movie, 80% of your movie and then going out into all the piracy websites and submitting 80% of your movie. And why are you doing that? You're doing that to pollute to pollute the piracy sites with 80% of your movie. 
with the idea that if somebody is so inclined to watch your movie where you have no-name actors and your marketing concept is weak, if they're so inclined to watch 80% of your movie, then the odds may be in your favor. And there's a lot of maybes because everybody has a different type of movie, different story, different genre. But maybe, just maybe, you can get a couple of those 80%ers, the people that have actually sat through 80% of your movie, to go and pay to watch the remaining 20%. And this kind of strategy would do two things for you. One is, whenever somebody's out there, if they're so inclined to find your movie, they're just going to find this 80% version at the vast majority of the sites you know, where they're looking for the, the full movie, and they're going to have a more difficult time finding it. And if they really want to find you, then the second thing it's going to do is drive them to go to some of the legitimate sites so that they can find your movie and actually pay some money for it. So anyway, that, uh, so I, I, my point today is, you know, there's no way to stop online privacy. Um, if, I, I mean, there's a lot of strategies out there and there's a lot of safeguards and a lot of things. But again, if you're enterprising, you can figure it out um, if you're a computer nerd. And the second part of that is piracy may be... Um, you know, free marketing for you. In my case, we did that uh, stupid zombie movie some years ago, and I found, you know, it was a very hung. I was, it was a Sunday. I was hungover. Uh, we had some party the night before, um, and I was out Googling myself, which is something I do on occasion, I'll admit, and I'm sure you do that too, or maybe not. But uh, I, I, f I quickly found that I could watch this movie that we did, for free. And I was so annoyed that I sent out all these cease and desist type emails uh, to these providers. And to my surprise, the vast majority of these sites complied and took the movie down. And then I quickly realized, looking at our sales stats, that our sales actually dropped. Could it be, and, and they were DVD sales, so could it be that the free video on demand looky-loos, the people that were pirating our movie and watching the pirated movie, could it be that the piracy was actually driving DVD sales for people that wanted a physical piece of that cult zombie movie? I don't know. The reason I don't know is in marketing, you want to measure everything, and it's really difficult to measure, you know, a lot of those sites that you can't control. So... My tip for today is maybe consider polluting those sites with 80% of your movie. Anyway, that's just one of the many tips. I got a bunch of them. Um, I try to keep these podcasts around 10 minutes a pop. I know you're driving places. You got things to do. So hopefully that tip was helpful. If you want more tips like this and, and you're at the stage where you're looking into distribution uh, for your movie, go over to howtosellyourmovie.com. You'll find out more about my, um, my sales uh, program on, on getting your movie out there seen and selling. And for those of you that are newbies, uh, you can get some general information and as well as intermediate and advanced information over at filmmakingstuff.com. So this has been another uh, Filmmaking Stuff podcast. My name is Jason Brubaker. I'm based here in Los Angeles. And my goal is to help you make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman.